Are you ready? Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Around the CFL podcast. Anthony here with you again today and we will be finishing up our draft season series. We have been doing episodes that have been surrounding the CFL draft and the combine for the past month. And today's special guest is going to give us a lot of insight on how the draft process works and what they go through in the lead up. So we'll be right back and we'll get to it. As the CFL draft is only five days away, we have a very special guest. He is the assistant general manager of the Calgary Stampeders, none other than Mr. Brendan Mahoney. Welcome to the podcast and happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you, Anthony. Yeah, turned uh, 42, so. We're the same age. (laughs) So first of all, uh, you're obviously an alum of Simon Fraser University and someone who played for the football program. How are you feeling right now with the current situation surrounding the football program? Um, yeah, I'm not pleased. I, 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 uh, I wish that a solution could have been found or discovered or investigated prior to, uh, them canceling the program. Obviously, I don't know all the details of, of what led into that, but as a proud, you know, Simon Fraser alumni, yeah, I'm very disappointed. I'm disappointed for the players. I'm disappointed for the coaches. Um, yeah, it's a tough blow to a, to a, historic program that's you know that's provided a lot of players to the cfl and just provide a lot of players with an opportunity to be on a team and you know and 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 enjoy themselves you know so for for the fact that it it was so sudden i guess is what i'm trying to get at is is disappointing that uh you know before they canceled it we couldn't come to some type of solution uh before that ultimately happened I had Farhan Lalji on the show not too long ago, and he was talking about it. Uh, where are we right now in regards to the process for reinstatement? Are we any further ahead than we were a few weeks ago? See, I'm not, you know, obviously, you know, I'm busy with uh, with the Calgary Stampeders thing. So I get I get kind of some updates, but I can't really speak to, to where it's going. I know the alumni are, are very involved. There's a, there's a number of different avenues they're exploring, uh, and I completely support them in, in all avenues to to, to reestablish SFU football and get them back on the field for sure. Awesome. Okay, cool. So after your time playing at SFU, what was your path to uh, the Calgary Stampeders um, on the player side? Because you were a player for a little bit on the practice roster, correct? Yeah, I was. Um, so after the 2003 season, I was eligible for the 2004 CFL draft. I was drafted by Toronto Argonauts, uh, went, to, went to training camp with them. Unfortunately, I was released. Uh, but at the time, I was allowed to to come back and play my last year at SFU, which was very enjoyable. And uh, I still wanted to play. The Calgary Stampeders called me in 2005 to come out to training camp and kind of just led from there that I was, you know, I was a practice roster guy from 2005, 2007. And, uh, you know, managed to, to just hang around and practice with the guys. And, you know, I had another job and it was uh it was very enjoyable like i i really enjoyed my time you know it's a great organization to play for um but yeah it was just uh, it was one of those things that in 2007 i kind of knew my career as a football player was coming to an end so i was uh i was looking to do something else and luckily jim barker at the time offered me an opportunity to start as an intern with the calgary stampeders so um that was actually a transition into my next question so how did that go from transitioning from the player through coach Barker into that internship and so on and so forth? Because I mean, you've done such an amazing job going up through the ladder of the organization. 
No, well, thank you. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I just want to say, like, I kind of knew no matter what occupation I was going to, I was going to start it. And I, I knew you had to start from the bottom and, uh, you know, build your resume and build trust with, with the people that make decisions. So, uh, yeah, Jim offered me the opportunity to come in. Literally, like Jim said, well, you can come in and here's a box of DVDs and you just start watching them and tell me what you think. And so I, I did that and I, I learned a lot along the way. I, like, I started very raw and, uh, but I was able to, you know, throughout, uh, you know, those first couple of years, I, I would, I would do whatever I could to, to stay around. So I would, I was working in game day and events and I just wanted to, to be around, to be a part of it. And uh, luckily, you know, persistence, I guess. And, you know, then they say, well, he's actually doing a pretty good job. We got to find something for him uh, that allowed me to, to kind of get just full-time in football operations. And, and luckily, a, you know, a leader like John Huffnagel, you know, he, I, I hope he saw something in me. Obviously I've, I've been working with him for 15 years. So uh, I was allowed to, you know, just grow in my career. I started, you know, I, I focused initially just on uh, evaluating the Canadian draft. I was the Canadian scout. That's kind of where I, I, uh, I sowed my oats, if you will, for uh, as a personnel person and, you know, just, just doing what you can and, and soaking as much as you can in. So that, that's, that's kind of how I started is just, I was persistent. I, you know, didn't work for a lot of money, uh, but I, I was able to, you know, just through some hard work and, you know, and being able to communicate with people I think it really, it really helped me out. And you're very much a pay it forward type person, obviously, because that's exactly what you've done for me. So, I mean, I can't tell you how much I appreciate and respect you and like, thank you for what you do for me. Even now you're still doing all that work that someone did for you back then you're doing for me now. And I just, I appreciate it so much. No, um, yeah, of course. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, you, obviously like last year was your first year, but you did a good job. We could rely on you, which is very important. And that's what, when I initially started, I was like, as long as they can rely on me and you don't screw it up too bad, because you know, I, I had a couple <laughs> screw ups definitely along the way, but uh, as long as you're reliable and you know, you're know you efficient in what you do, it, it goes a long way. So in January of this year, you were given a very well-deserved promotion and you now have the role of assistant general manager. What are you most looking forward to with this new role and how different is it from what you were previously doing? Not a lot has changed, to be honest. Um, you know, I've been uh, obviously kind of a, the point person with a lot of players, especially our new players, our new American players, our, our new Canadian players and, and in scouting. So uh, me and Cole Huffnagel work, you know, very closely together on, you know, on finding talent for our team. Uh, I think the, the new job is evolving. Uh, We'll see. Obviously, I'm there to support Dave as he's the general manager and the head coach. So there, there's a lot on his plate. So my job is basically to help him out. And, you know, whenever I'm needed, if, if Dave's not, you know, if he's in a game plan meeting and there's a general manager's call, I could help him out with that. But obviously, just to just keep Dave informed of everything that's going on and, you know, help out where I can. And, you know, I obviously negotiate contracts and things like that. But work very closely with Dave. I was I was very happy and grateful when when Dave offered me the position uh, as assistant general manager you like I said you 100% deserve it and like there's no one better to give it to you than you um so the draft is next week but when does the draft process really start for a CFL team well almost immediately after this draft uh there's a, a 
they call it the East West uh, All Star Game. So it's the you know the the best players that have been chosen by U Sports coaches uh, to participate in a game that, that's being held at uh, McMaster uh, University in Ontario. So the best players leading into this draft, they go to that they go to that game, and you know we get the film and we just start looking at guys for next year. And obviously, um, their season starts in August September. We start following those players and we, we start speaking with coaches. We're looking at all these type of things. So we're, it's kind of, you're building a, you're building a picture, right? So you got to start with the foundation of who's in the draft and, you know, kind of what you're hearing from coaches and, uh, and kind of go from there and just track these guys as they go along, you know, through to the uh, CFL combine where you kind of get the best of the best and, you know, where you get their testing numbers and things like that. So it is, it's, it's a year long process, to be honest with you, like right from the end of this draft, we go right into uh, to next year's draft. There have been a few big uh, changes and some familiar faces have been leaving Calgary lately. What is the focus of this year's draft class for the Calgary Stampeders? Well, obviously, uh, you know, we're, we want to find good players that that's basically it. So at every position, you know, you see, you know, where we start, uh, we start Canadians. So, uh, you know, we start Canadian will linebacker, offensive line, defensive line. So, so there's, you do want to pick the best uh, player available, but you also want to uh, be strategic a little bit of, of who you pick and who you think would fit, you know, to add some depth to the, to the starters that are there and also add some competition to the starters that are there. So, I wouldn't say there's one overarching theme we're going into this draft. We are looking at the best player available, but we also are very cognizant of, of where needs are and, and where we need to provide depth. The NFL draft is starting tonight. Um, in 2021, the Stampeders used a fifth round pick on Chuba Hubbard, and he went fourth on the, in the fourth round of the NFL draft to the Carolina Panthers. What's the thought process on going with someone that has been drafted in the NFL draft and seems to look like they'd be getting a roster spot. Well, in the fifth round, you look at, you look at a number of different things, right? Like you've, you obviously grade your players and uh, Chuba had a very high grade, you know, for him coming out of college, uh, you know, is us taking a chance on him and in, in the fifth round worth uh, potentially getting him, you know, three or four years down the road. Probably is, you know, but it, but if he doesn't, then good for him. You know, it's just, it's, it's a difficult question to answer because you don't, it's, it's an unknown kind of quantity of exactly what's going to happen. But, you know, if Chuba ever did become available, then obviously we would have his rights, you know, so it's a, it's a, yeah, obviously you have those uh, discussions in the, in the draft room. Is it, well, at what point do we want to take, this player who we know is going to be in the NFL or who's already drafted the NFL. So it's a bit strategic, depends on how many draft picks you have and, and what your needs are. How do you address your needs earlier in the draft? Uh, so where you feel pretty good about taking a chance on somebody, you know, with an NFL future. Okay. That makes sense. Um, looking at this year's draft class specifically, are there any standouts that you saw at the combine that you're kind of keeping your eye on that someone that might maybe fall down a couple spots? Well, oh yeah, we're keeping our eye on everybody. Obviously, uh, <laughs> you know, we have we we have our board uh, that you know that we've gone through the scouting process with our coaching staff and you know with our personnel uh, people. So, yeah, in, in terms of keeping an eye on, so we were keeping an eye on everybody, right? We we have we have targets, you know, of, of where we'd like to to select somebody. So, and it, it it's also just one of those things. Just see how it unfolds uh, on draft night, how the cards fall, and 
you know, and I feel that we have enough information and we have, we have a good feeling about all the players in the draft, uh, you know, so, and we'll select them kind of accordingly. So a little tough question to answer, but yeah, we feel really good about our, our process. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you can't really give too much information because it is your draft board, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so the draft is next week. Uh, rookie camp opens the week after, which thank God football is back. Do you get excited or stressed out the night before rookie camp opens? Not really. Just because just we've done the work. We, we know these guys. Obviously, there is sometimes there's travel issues, getting getting guys up, uh, you know, or, you know, guy missed his flight like all those things happen but uh no the day the the beginning of rookie cap is really exciting for us especially in player personnel is you know these are the these are the guys we've scouted now let's see them on a cfl football field wearing the the white horse uh so yeah no it, it's it it's more exciting than anything yeah to be honest and, and let's see and let them compete and you know see who are the players that you know, are going to be future calgary stampeders the Calgary Stampeders have been compared to the New England Patriots and the Patriot way just for the way that the franchise is run and operated is held in such high regard. How important is that type of positive reputation when recruiting free agents? I, yeah, it's important. Obviously. Yeah. We, we want to win that. That's, that's what the Calgary Stampeders are all about. So it starts from the top with, with John Hoffnagel and, and Dave Dickinson and they, you know, they set they set the agenda and and the expectation, uh, and and we fall we we fall along. We have a really good staff. We have an awesome coaching staff. You know, we have awesome support people. We have awesome video people, athletic therapists, equipment people, and and we all like each other. We're you know we're we're friends off the field. So I think that culture is probably you know you know comparisons to others. I don't know about that, but we just have a culture here. Is is, is everybody's kind of on on the same path towards uh towards winning a championship and or just even just participate you know having a chance to to win the great cup so i think as long as as long as that's in place and you know we can instill some of the the things we've learned from from john and dave and, and everybody's kind of going in the same direction i think that's the most important thing and and obviously it's about the player the players are the most important thing that they're, they're the ones that that go out there and put their bodies on the line and make plays for us so as long as we can hopefully make them comfortable and and as long as they're they're buying into to what we're doing, that that's the most important thing. This offseason also saw a number of big re-signings. We saw a couple of familiar faces leave, but there are some big names coming back, guys like Cameron Judge and Derek Dennis. How soon do those conversations begin after the end of the previous season? Yeah, probably even begin before the end of the season. You know, obviously. You know, we have relationships with agents and, you know, we're talking to these guys like, you know, this is a guy we want to resign. Um, you know, so those, those are ongoing throughout, you know, throughout the season, you know, just in, I guess, yeah, just conversations that, you know, is he interested in resigning? Okay, well, let's, let's get a deal done. And obviously when we talk to the player, like, you, like they like it here. Do you want to continue your career as a Calgary Stampede or you have a starting position and, you know, and then we negotiate a contract and go from there. So yeah, those conversations go, ongoing and then obviously they heat up leading into free agency but we try to get our work done early we try to we try to resign the guys um that we uh, that we we see building a future with early early in the process and you know kind of get our work done and and then kind of go from there what are you most excited about for 2023 um i don't everything to be honest anthony uh, you know to see Jake now as, as the full-time starter, you know, we're very excited about that. 
we have we have some guys on some longer term deals that you know we, we I, th I feel like we built a bit of a foundation last year and now we just we, we kind of have to see it through so excited to see us compete you know it's, it's not easy it's not nobody's going to give it to us we get we got the best game from from our opponents every week so it's just I, I yeah to answer your question it's exciting everything's exciting so we want to want to get back on the field and uh you know put a good product out for for our fans to enjoy before I let you go, because I know that it's kind of later in the evening and you have a lot of family obligations, plus we're getting really close to start up of the season. I had a mailbag question come in. It's kind of tricky. So I guess answer it the best you can. So the question came in through the DMs on Instagram. Training camp opens up in just a couple of weeks with rookies reporting. Roster cuts are a part of the game and part of the process. What do the cuts do to the morale in the locker room while the cuts are happening? And on a human side from your, your position, how does it affect someone emotionally or on the human side? Okay. Well, I'll answer, uh, I guess it's quite <laughs> how I can answer it. I'll answer the, the second question first. It's not easy, you know, to be honest, like we're doing, like I've been cut. I know how it feels, you know, so that, that is one thing I can take you know, into my conversations with these young men uh, that are being released is, is I, I know how they're feeling right now. You know, they, they've kind of, and this might be it for their football career, you know, like they've played in college and, and they, this is it. And that, and that's how I felt. So I try to as compassionately as I can, but, but also just be very honest with them. Is it, because at the end of the day, it, it's a competitive deal, right? We're, we're in a competitive pro sports is competitive best man who we think and we might make mistakes not to say that we know but just from our opinion from our, our work that we do watching you throughout training camp this is the decision that we made and you know we could be wrong and we encourage guys to go you know we'll help guys we'll give them their practice film you know go out and try to get another job but but for right now it's just not a fit for us um and then in terms of the question for the morale locker those guys know exactly what's going on they know it's competitive uh, obviously the veterans they have the inside track because they've been here uh, but they know at any time you know you when you come to training camp somebody's trying to get your job so uh, I guess the morale you don't know like I, I, I'm not in, I've been in locker rooms I'm not in our locker room but I think they know that that we're trying to do the best job possible to put the best players that we can on the field so I think I do think our our locker room believes in that that uh you know, there's no other agenda. It's kind of the, the best man wins. Awesome. Thank you very much for, you know, I know it was short notice when I texted you about this. I really appreciate it, you coming on tonight and talking kind of from the, the front office GM perspective of the whole process. And again, from the personal side, I can't tell you enough how much I respect you and how much I appreciate you. And yeah, I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Me as well, Anthony. Yeah. We'll see you soon. That was our conversation with Calgary Stampeders Assistant General Manager Brendan Mahoney. And we thank him very much for coming on the podcast and talking about the draft experience from the front office side. We'll be back again next week where we're going to look at a recap of the 2023 CFL Draft. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Around the CFL Podcast. And you can find us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, Google, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And that is it for us this week, and we'll see you later.